0: Hello, and welcome. We are here to discuss uh, the Tigers General Manager. I'm Chris McCoskey, Beat writer for the Detroit News, covering the Tigers. and I'm joined by my esteemed colleague, Lynn Henning, who pretends to be retired, but we all know he's not. He's still very much actively covering and 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 um, reporting on this team from the prospects to the draft all the way up through to what's going on with the with the dreaded rebuild. So, Lynn, this is in conjunction with our colleague, Tony Paul's uh, kind of uh, analytical look at the transactions and the and the moves that Al's made in his tenure. Uh, we can certainly we can pick them apart. There's been mistakes. There's been missteps. Um, but I think what people uh, fans are, at least on my social media, uh, they want to they want them they want to know when he's going to be fired or when he's going to be held accountable. And I I personally think that's not going to happen. I mean, he's, he's held accountable every day. But he, as far as being fired and stopping this in midstream, I don't see that happening. Um, but let, let's hear let's hear your take on this. I know I know you've been been following this very closely. You
1: no know, two realities uh, for me, Chris. Uh, and uh, we knew this rebuild was going to be a very long and uh, marathon event. Uh, it, it was because it got a late start because of Mike Illich's, uh wishes to keep this thing going right until his last breath and give himself a chance to win that World Series. And um, also the cleanup from this thing, and and fans don't want to hear about that, but the cleanup from this thing was going to be a long process of reconstruction and deconstruction rather before you could actually get into the rebuild. And I, again, they didn't want to hear this either. They, they wanted this thing to presto change-o happen in a couple of years. It wasn't going to be that way. And so the timeline really hasn't been a, a shocker to me. But at the same time, these are not lifetime appointments uh, to the Tigers front office. And uh, that is simply a reality of professional sports. You don't get uh, an indefinite period to maintain some sign of life. And uh, six years into this uh, tenure, uh, you've got to look at it, I think, uh, from a detached perspective and say, this is a pretty miserable product. Uh, but I, I think, Chris, uh, as much as everybody's tempted to think that this is a, a, a job where either Alavila has failed or, or, or not sufficiently traded and had successful trades, et cetera, therefore he's, he needs to be gone, I think that's bogus. Um, no other GM in this market with the trade chips that the Tigers have had over the last half dozen years was going to have significantly more uh, talent or, or improved or improve status to this rod, roster. It just wasn't going to happen.
0: Absolutely not. No, and, and I, I, w- I would throw in just a, th- a third element to that, Lynn. The pandemic cost them a year. It cost of a year of yeah. development. I mean, where before we might have been talking about 21, 22 for prospects like Riley Green, maybe Spencer Torkelson, um, so like Joey Wentz before the surgery would have been part of that mix. Mm-hmm. Well, that that year's lost. That year's lost. So now you push it back ahead. And I've been trying to tell people, Lynn, and and, and I know you know this too, but the rebuild, as you said, the teardown was a was a couple year process, but the actual process of it all started in in Late August of 2017. That's when you know because between 16, that like you said, Mr. Illich was still buying uh, Justin Upton. He was still buying the Jordan Zimmerman. There, there were still big contracts that he was putting on to the payroll, trying to win that 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 you know that right. that one title didn't happen. Um, and it's, it's, I'll I'll take you back to 16 too. They were in the race to the last week to the last day.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and so so that's you got to start it from 17. You gotta you gotta subtract the 20 from that in terms of the of the buildup now that's just starting to take place. and then you can kind of work that timeline and it doesn't look as bad comparatively to the White sox who, who had seven losing seasons, to the twins who went from 2011 to 2016 and, and been a non factor. So I mean there, there's other examples of that too, but I mean I think people are, and rightly so are just embittered by how bad they are and and and, and they weren't supposed to be this bad to start this season, but the fact is that they were. And that was and stomach.
1: The next grievance too, it, it to me is, is equally without basis. And that is they think that uh, Chris Illich is just a cheapskate and should have been out there going uh, to Walmart and loading up the shopping cart with a, a, a bunch of players that would suddenly have them competitive. Not going to happen. Never. We, we know the intricacies of the free agent market and they weren't Available to the Tigers to get into a, a, an exorbitant degree of spending that, frankly, wasn't going to change the complexion of this team that much.
0: That's it. Yeah, that's, that's exactly
1: why, you know, to me, they they look at the wrong end of the telescope on this thing, Chris. There are two position players on the Tigers' active roster today who were drafted by the Tigers or signed by the Tigers: Grayson Griner and Harold Castro. There's the problem.
0: <laughs> that's that's a stark that's a stark reality when you put it like that.
1: There's the problem, and no one seems to want to focus on this. Now, is this all Vila? No. no, no is no, no, is no. it all one farm director Scott Place? No. Is it all from a time of the last fifteen to twenty years? Yeah. Now they're they're there mitigating circumstances. There you
0: right? go. That's it because they traded guys that are with are, are productive players on other teams. They traded them when they were trying to win.
1: They, they, they completely wiped out their farm system. And at the same time, too, because they signed so many of those expensive free agents, they lost first-round draft picks. That would have altered the complexion of their trade chips and their roster through the years. That went away. They also picked very late in the draft. At the same time, they're not off the hook here. Other teams have been finding players throughout the draft. Even hitters, 4th and 5th and 6th and 7th rounders, Tigers have come up with nothing, well,
0: nothing. If you want to make a legitimate complaint about this regime, and it gets started back when Dave was here, but right. they were late to the analytic party. They were late to, to build up their database. They were late to, to, to set up and get themselves into the modern era of baseball, and, and they paid for that during those, those the times that you're talking about where they were adding the wrong people or not adding any people. I mean, it's better now. You, you know this because you cover closer than I yeah. do, but the drafts are better. The drafts are better because there's more knowledge going into the draft. Um, they're, they're, they're non, their minor league free agent signings have been very good. I agree. I mean, they're not guys that are going to change the fortunes of the team overnight, but they're, they're guys that, that have helped them the last couple of years. So once they got that built up, and now with A.J. Hinch in there and a more uh, progressive mentality as to how to build a team and how to manage a team, uh, you know, I think that's going to expedite that 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 part of the process.
1: And and again, in fairness to the fans, because this is a 120-year-old organization in this town. It's very, very important to people's lives on the local and on the state level.
0: No
1: question. Uh, there is accountability uh, in the front office. There's got to be accountability. That is simply an objective reality. My position on this is that you look at the situation in October. That's going to be incumbent also, not only... On what happens at the big league level, which I, I don't think is frankly as significant as what happens this year in the minor leagues and with the upcoming draft, then I think you look at this personnel evaluation and, and with, with a real critical eye, and uh, you decide whether or not this is the regime that you want to carry through. I suspect Chris Illich will say yes, uh, but uh, I, I don't know that that's guaranteed. Uh, I I don't know that it's guaranteed that he will continue to and and the family will continue to own this baseball team. I would also say to those who would uh, be whooping and hollering and dancing that that is not necessarily a panacea. You can end up with bad ownership and you can also end up with mistakes in hiring new GMs. The dirty work's been done. I will uh, submit this, that uh, the next GM that comes in to Detroit is going to have a golden situation from which to work. And probably launch a pretty competitive team for a good number of years, but uh, that doesn't get us out of 2021 or or the scrutiny that really does need to be fairly applied to this front office.
0: Yeah, you know the, the thing I have about the, the the whole you hold you hold him accountable. Trust me, I'm sure he's under he he's under extreme pressure. He's being held accountable. If this stays the way it is this year, I mean that's that's going to be a really a hard thing to to, to stomach for. For the Illiches, for the for the organization, um, but again, I think the, the mitigating factors with the pandemic year, and and I don't think this team is going to maintain the level of you know, horrid play <laughs> that they had in April. I think we've already seen signs of them coming out of it a little bit. So so that that part of it, but it but put let's let's just talk hypothetically. He gets fed up, he fires Al now. What happens? Like, do you think that he's just going to go outside and bring another guy in? Right? No. Well, he'll he'll promote Sam Menzin or somebody from within. I, I would think Sam menson would be because David Chad would go with Al. If there's an
1: internal choice that would be the guy,
0: right? So, so what have you done? You you made a cosmetic move. You got Al out of the way because all these guys factor into his decisions. I mean, he does he yeah. does listen to these guys. He's got them all in his round table. These are his lieutenants. So so does that does that help? I don't think so. I think you've got to let it play through, like you said. See where they are when Riley Green is here. See where they are when Spencer Torkelson is here. And then, if if that if those are bad picks, we still, we start uh, we start with a new regime.
1: I think uh, you don't really get any kind of accurate uh, picture on this except in an emotional response until yeah. the end of this. You evaluate the whole cosmos, the farm system, in, in this year's draft, and. Um, You give them uh, sufficient time because uh, the first three years were wipeouts. The market changed. uh, They had bad contracts. They had no ability to really make any trades. But people who are fixated on these two populist points that Al should trade his way out of this thing or should have, or that Chris Ellis should buy his way out of this thing it is poppycock. It is nonsense. It is balderdash. It's any word you want to apply. It is absolutely manic, and uh, that's not the way you're going to do it.
0: Manic decisions do not do not reap good results. And uh, and I'll, I'll wrap it up with this. This also thought that they're they're going to there's going to be a new collective bargaining agreement in a year. It sure uh, is. And so he to go out and spend a lot of money now. Is that is that I mean, when who are you going to spend it on too? By the way, I well, mean, see I, that.
1: Look, but now look, did, did, I thought yeah, go sign George Springer this year with one qualifier. Make sure it's a one or a two year deal, yeah. you know. If he wants to let the market rise back to its old uh, ascendance, then then maybe he can ride the rapids with it one or two year deal because he would have signed with his old manager, AJ Hinch. But you don't give George Springer, at thirty one years of age, a six year, hundred and forty million dollar deal. Have we not lived through what that? What do people think? There, there were a whole lot of in betweeners here between the the Scopes and the CJ Cruns and. In, in in the Springer deals, I mean, do people think there's just all this inventory. There's these shelves full of these players who would, for you know, five or six million dollars here, bring them, and suddenly you're five hundred. This is where fans are nuts. <laughs> easy now, easy now. We want them to buy the
0: product. Come on now, buy the product. But but they got to get smart either way. Now you're right. I mean, you're you're hundred percent right. It, it's 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 but that's what fans are. Fans are supposed to react like that. And and they're supposed to want it, you know, they, they want it immediately and they want instant gratification and, and God yeah. bless them, they pay the money. But it's we have to be the ones we have to be the ones to say, Here, this this is the this is the landscape that you're you're talking about. And and that's you know, hopefully this piece will will help with that. Hopefully this video will, will shed some light and not just be disregarded like my columns are on Twitter <laughs> by, by the people you're talking about. But, uh, but I, I always love talking to you about this stuff. And I, I know that the people out there respect you and and, and hopefully the Detroit News is uh, coverage of this baseball team and we'll continue to be vigilant. And if it's time to to whack them, we'll uh, we'll cover yeah, it. Yeah too. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Lynn. All uh please right, peace. You. Thank you. Thanks.